All right, so I ended up watching Star, finishing watching Star Wars this morning, and I'll probably end up watching it again because with this heightened awareness, I'm pulling additional information out. So, I following after watching it, I um, came across a video on YouTube that talked about how to measure gravitational waves. <laughs> And I came across a picture that really, really helps to describe what I have been thinking. So he was talking about, okay, Kobe, can you move, baby? Can you, can you move, sweetheart? I'm just, I'm just making a recording, okay? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Kobe. All righty. Okay. All right, okay, all right. Okay, can I finish? Can I finish? Okay, hold on. <laughs> all right, so, and he was describing, I'm still watching, but he's describing um, the methodology they use to measure a gravitational wave. And he was describing that the one that they detected, I think in 2015, um, is 144 million light years away. And in showing how far away it was, he drew a line. He drew a line from the location in the sky where um, they detected that um, um, disturbance. You know, I think he said it was a supernova that caused it. I'll have to, I'll have to get the wording right. Um, it was 144 million light years away, but he drew a line. And I was like, wow, that's interesting because following that um, supernova, it would have resulted in a black hole. I think that's the scientific thing, right? That's the consequence of a supernova, right? It's exploding stars that eventually collapse into a black hole, right? So he was showing it and he drew a line. He drew a line from, let's say, the black hole to Earth and it was 144 million light years away, okay? So I thought, wow, that's so interesting because that is how I kind of, my conception of time is, is the same, like it's a line. I mean, time and distance are the same thing. And it was interesting because in that one line, which was no more than, I mean, on my phone, an inch, he was able to depict 144 million light years. So I thought that's similar to my approach to trying to explain how to think your way out of a black hole. I compare things like depression and, um, you know, fear and trauma is, is being in a black hole because it's like your mind gets stuck on one continuous thought loop that leads to nothing. It just, even, it just constantly leads back. It reminds me of that scene in the matrix where you're stuck, you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. You eventually end up in that same room staring at yourself like, wait, this is the same as last time, <laughs> you know? So that's what I compare it to. And and I kind of think about like, just think about how much life you're missing by, ch you know, chasing this thing 
that you think this time I'm going to figure it out. But yeah, you figure it out every time and every time you end up in the same place, <laughs> you know? So with essentially faced with the choice, yeah, so you figured out the matrix, now what? Like here we are, you and me, staring each other in the face in this big old room, understanding that the whole thing is a simulation. It's a big old computer, now what? We're just gonna stare each other in this room? You know, I'm fictionalizing obviously, but I'm also have the scene from the matrix in mind. It's, it's like some of these concepts are so heady to explain. Um, you know, it's like you real you kind of understand why people fictionalize it. I mean, there's kind of no other way to say it. it. Like scientifically, I think that's just not my thing. I don't want to delve into it that seriously or that intently. So I use movies and, you know, fiction and visual reference to try to say the same thing. So that understanding 145 million light years away being depicted as a line on a piece of paper is like the beginning of my methodology, which takes that same concept and turn it into points. It's like there's a point A and a point B. If it's a line, you know what I mean? It's like point A, point B, a line between two points. So the, 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 the time and the distance, you know, between like, Earth in a black hole that's 144 million million miles away is can be also stated as a visual 2D depiction on a piece of paper as a line, point A, point B, right? So then the question is, how do you get, if it's a black hole, how would one get, how would one even have the concept of a point B? Like, how could you even begin to comprehend that? Um, okay, so the reason why that thought even came to mind is based on the movie Interstellar, you know? And, and so, just to pause for a second, like, part of this project is presuming that some of the statements made in some of these movies is, is true, you know? Because I do believe that a lot of truth is kind of like disguised as fiction because I think that the, the real truth would probably be too overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, and in some cases it could seem pretty frightening, I think. I think that that's why a lot of this information is kind of like discussed in a fiction-y kind of way. So it's hoping people will kind of get it, but not wanting to overwhelm people and to cause confusion and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I said that to say, in watching Interstellar, I felt like, well, the truth is that you can survive a black hole. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you can. I mean, you know, obviously if he's in a black hole one moment and then not in a black hole the next, then obviously you can survive, which means that consciousness survives. Consciousness. You know, and also saying that, well, if consciousness is core and then after that is a grab is gravity, which manifests as a gravitational wave, then that means that if you're conscious, that means you can manifest anywhere, literally anywhere, anywhere within that gravitational wave structure, right? Because if it's, if it's, if it's, it's like, it's like accepting that it is a structure means that it's capable of being, um, you know, um, 
I guess, tested <laughs> and interacted. You can interact with it and you can um, obtain information from it and you can put information in it. And it's like this interactive sort of relationship. So I thought about that like, well, you have to be able to retain a degree of consciousness because Matthew McConaughey came back, you know? And I had also been thinking that, you know, that I think that is where the, when he was, when he went back to try to talk to his, um, his daughter, I think through, through, um, the force of gravity or through becoming gravity essentially. And he could place himself anywhere he chose because, you know, it's a structure, you know? And so everything revolves around this understanding from the perspective of a conscious, um, entity or something, um, conscious consciousness itself, you know, manifesting as a person in this particular case, a human being on earth, you know? So I felt like, well, there has to be a way for him to go back home, you know, because he got home, right? And just due to the time difference, he returns home, I mean, what, I mean, decades later, but from where he was within the force of gravity, let's say, um, it was instantaneous because it was literally one thought, literally, literally. And I sort of felt like that kind of ties into what I was saying earlier, I had made a whole recording about it when <clears throat> it's almost like this sort of like knowledge you, you have to learn and acquire um, so that you can remain calm when confronted with that knowledge and that realization. You know, it's like you have to remain calm because you got to keep thinking. You know, you got to think, you know, you got to be able to think, think think, 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 and keep thinking, you know? And so it made me realize that, you know, he was an astronaut. So he had a lot of, you know, understanding about a lot of um, astrophysics. And so I'm assuming that in that moment, there was a part of him that concluded he, he probably had the realization that he could go home easily by just thinking about it. You know, and just it rem- kind of reminded me of that scene from The Wizard of Oz, believe it or not, when, you know, she sort of, you know, is going on this, you know, once she's in Oz and she's trying to figure out how to get back home. And then, you know, she comes to the realization that, you know, the magic wasn't in her slippers. It was within her the whole time, you know. So I felt that from you know, my own experiences and from listening to the experiences of others, it's like your consciousness can take a journey, <laughs> like separate and apart from you. Your, your, your consciousness can create journeys for itself to take. And those journeys can be happening simultaneously, <laughs> like in other like realities and other realms. You know, and because it's consciousness itself having the experience as you, it's like it's obviously going to feel, quote unquote, real. Right. 
it's consciousness itself taking a walk in your mind. <laughs> what else is it going to feel like? It's the consciousness married with, you know, human memories and experiences. So of course, it's going to have a field day in your mind taking all these different journeys. You know, and I think the part that I had to come to realize, oh, I, I want to say the reason why I brought that up is because in some of the recent um, medical research, um, there's been some studies that there's people who um, have been in comas for a long periods of time. And there's been cases of people waking up not and saying things like they didn't even realize they were in a coma, right? From the person's perspective, they were having a completely different life. They were living a completely different reality for all those years. They didn't even know they were in a coma, okay? So I know that this can happen, you know? You know it can happen. And I think there, here is, I, I'm just going to describe it as a fear because I think that a lot of people would probably perceive it as a fear as well. Because I think that when I started to contemplate that as like a possibility, I was like, you know, there were so many different places in my life where I had like a severe head injury. I remember one case in particular like a, a severe head injury. And I just felt like I had, it required, I had to go to the emergency room and it required stitches. And I just remember seeing all that blood and feeling like, how is it that my skull is not cracked open kind of thing. But so I, I was thinking, this is a thought experiment, fiction, thought experiment, okay? So there's a part of me that was thinking, you know what? Like, even if, let, let's just take that as an example. Let's just say that, if following that episode, I actually did slip into a coma, okay? And then I thought, well, what if this is not my quote unquote real life? Maybe this is my comatose life and the real me is still in a so-called coma, all right? So I started to think to myself, well, which life would I want? You know, which life would I want? You know, and it's like, well, in my coma life, I have children. <laughs> you know, it's like I have a life here that I've lived for, you know, a really long time. So would I even want to go back to my quote unquote real life, you know, of being in a quote unquote coma? And I'm like, what would that, I think a lot of people would feel like, mm -mm, you know, who would want to go back to their quote unquote real life, which really at this point is just a physical body, right? Because in your mind, you're thinking, well, I'm here. <laughs> I've been a conscious, living, breathing human being in this life for decades now. I don't want to give up this life. You know what I mean? So what a dilemma somebody would have. But that's part of the reason why I had started thinking about like this interstellar reference. Because let's just take that as an example. Let's say that I am um, conscious in within a coma or within an um, like unconscious state. But at this point, my conscious self ha has learned to kind of like navigate this realm, whatever it is. And you start to feel like, well, now I want to keep it. Right. But then I think, I think to myself, but would you want to stay there in a life that you knew wasn't quote unquote real? You know, especially when within that life, 
you acquire this incredible understanding of this non-physical realm. And by going back to your physical body, you could help save, you, you could bring an understanding to a topic and a subject that is so misunderstood. It could help save a lot of other people, right? So at that point, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that you say to yourself, what anchors you are things like children, right? Being a mother, you mean you're married, have a family. It's like, my goodness, what would happen to my kids, right? If you, if just again, thought experiment, if experiment, if I were to say, wow, this is my, this is not quote unquote real in the 3D reality sense, right? If that's true, I'm still in a coma somewhere. My physical body is. So it was started to make me think like, but there has to be a way to quote unquote come back from that. I mean, there has to be a way. And I thought about interstellar. I thought about, well, Matthew McConaughey came back, right? And not only that, he was able to communicate to his um, daughter, essentially the formulas. He was able to to communicate to her through uh, the force of gravity, um, the answers, like the equations, let's say, that she needed in order to um, provide the physical infrastructure for his return, like the knowledge, right? Because it's like, Without that knowledge, the infrastructure can't be built, right? Because other, other, otherwise, it's just kind of theory. In order to get anything built, you have to. It has to make sense, right? I mean, it's like because you need like a like a sketch or a blueprint, or you need like plans. Engineering has to happen, so it has to be mathematically possible, and it has to be physically supportable. You have to be able to measure it, like through physics and things like that. So. By with Matthew McConaughey basically being able to communicate to her through the force of gravity, the really, 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 really key point here, the super duper key point is that she was conscious of it. She was conscious that it was him, her father communicating with her. She was conscious of it because in order for the, 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 um, in order for the theory to be proven, it's like it has to manifest consciously, right? So she was, she, at that point, when she sort of, you know, began to realize that, oh, he's trying to communicate with me, that is my father. That was the consciousness required in order for that, um, you know, in order for the, for it to be proven, right? So at that point, she, it was like she had a starting point for the equations, right? She was able to say that, I don't know, can we, like, in a sense, I think it's kind of saying, like, can we agree that the limit is gravity? Like, can, you know, it's like in order for the equations to get written, like, we got to have, like, a, a start and an end point, right? And if we're just kind of, like, starting with essentially zero up to gravity, like, I feel like there's enough there to like, you know, like to, to begin a discussion and a starting point for like engineering that type of um, connectivity for that to happen on a more, you know, on a more um, 
what can I say, on a more planned scale, on a more logical scale. Like I think about the type of learning that could occur from this exchange of knowledge, you know, between these two non-physical realms. I mean, because I feel like they, they, they would both have to be regarded as non-physical, right? Because you, you can't prove either. But I think that there's enough circumstantial evidence out there to at least support the basis for these conclusions, right? I think that there has been enough non, there's been enough interactions by humans with something non-physical, with people being able to, let's say, report near-death experiences, you know, after-death experiences, or just communication with something non-physical, including things like intuition and people feeling like, you know, um, suddenly inspired to do something or suddenly kind of like nudged to think a different way. There's something non-physical going on. And I think like the movie Interstellar is like a good starting point. Like, I think that should, I don't know, from my perspective, that should make sense to people. It made sense to me, right? And it served so much so that it served as like a starting point for me to begin to say, hmm, there must be a limit, (laughs) you know? Like, because things can't, you can't have communication in a circuit that doesn't, that you don't know ends, right? Because then, like just sending radio signals out into the sky don't mean anything, right? Until it hits something and you get information back. Just sending that information out there doesn't really do you anything. So at some point you need to have a closed circuit, right? So I just felt like, you know, her father being able to, you know, him realizing it's gravity and that he could, you know, just send information to that field. Um, and then that's one thing, him realizing it, he's realizing it as a conscious, in his conscious um, mind. And then on the other end, she realizes it too, right? She realizes it too. So message received at that point, a closed circuit, therefore a communication channel can be established, right? So I knew that I'm like, so he can come back. <laughs> you know, he can, he, well, obviously he's consciously in a black hole, right? He, he, and maybe that's sort of, I, I knew, I felt like he was going into the black hole consciously. So perhaps if nothing gets out, then he was there consciously, <laughs> you know? And so I think that that would be literally the key, going into it consciously as we are, because that's where the entirety of the universe is headed, unless I think people can put together, you know, the understanding of how to emerge from a black hole. You know, there's how to how to remain conscious and put together like equations so that you can build from there. So I felt like that's how I felt about that. And for myself, feeling like, you know, wow, maybe suppose this is like my alternate life. Like, suppose I did go into a coma that night. And suppose I'm like still in a coma. 
And suppose this is like a parallel life because that is honestly how it has felt for a long time. You know, or even, I mean, obviously I'm just fictionalizing this. I was even trying to think of, I have definitely felt the energy of this is a parallel life for a really long time. I'm just trying to think of what would be like a good, um, what would be a good divining line? I don't know if I want to go all the way back to that incident from high school when I, when I hit my head, was <laughs> hit the tree and I had the half stitch. I don't know if I want to go back. What if it were... I think if if I were putting together a fictionalized story of me being in a coma, I would want it to be before I had children. That's that's the one thing I would say. And the reason is because I don't I would not want them to be without a mother. So I would not have wanted that to happen during their while I was a mother. So if I were gonna go back, there's another incident that came to mind. That would be a really difficult story to tell. Oh, that would be a really, really difficult story to tell. And it would be really hard to be, have become somehow, you know, gone into a coma following that incident. Is there any other place I can think of where I'm like, could that have resulted? And I just don't know it. I can think about a time I was driving my car. It was a red car. Maybe that would be a good crossover. It was my Toyota Celica. And I remember driving it and I was coming around this corner and my car spun out of control. And it was just a miracle that I did not end up in an accident because it was a really sharp curve and I hit the ice and I remember the car spinning. Oh, wow, I have an even like sadder story, but that would be really, really, really difficult to tell. That would be really, really hard to tell. I don't know if I could do that one, but that one would be, that one would be really tough, right? This would take me all the way back to like myself, fourth grade, and my sister, fifth grade, and another red car situation. Wow. I don't know. Maybe that could be an interesting crossover, that red car. But that would be a really, really hard story to tell. I don't know if I could do that one. The red car, I would just say fifth grade red car story versus like, how old was I when that near accident happened? I would have been around the time like 22, I think, 23. Wow, maybe that's a cross over there, 22, 23. Now that we're in 23, because that would have been that would have been around the age I was, I think. Yeah, 22, 23. Now we're in the year 2023. Maybe now I can sort of tell that story from that perspective. Maybe that's the opening. Yeah. And then there's another red car here, too. 
in my current situation another red card so maybe that could be an interesting kind of like conveyor of like <laughs> you know I like the crossover I like to describe it as a crossover that red car at those different places okay that could be one so it's just trying to think of incidents where to kind of say like this is not my what it's not but but I think that's the that's kind of the thing like if you should find yourself in a parallel reality the people who live in that world would not understand what you're talking about. And that should make sense, right? Because they are essentially completely different worlds. You know? It's just like, for to me, like you think about when Dorothy comes back from, you know, Oz. And she's she comes back home and she's having this non-physical experience that is, she's very... Um, it's a, what do you call it, a lucid dream. So, you know, I think as you're, you're kind of conscious in the dream. So when she comes back home, I mean, none of what she's saying makes any sense to anyone, right? But for the people who live in that non-physical realm, wherever they are, while you're in it, like you wouldn't be able to tell them, oh yeah, your world isn't real. There's another movie, that, a more recent one that comes on. I forget the name of it. It's... um forget the name of it but it kind of deals with this subject too it's with um Sama Hayek and Owen Wilson Pleiades 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 yeah that movie kind of goes into it too where they've created like this um two worlds kind of thing like through technology they're able to kind of like have two different earths like one where you know one earth is kind of considered not real because the people who have access to this advanced technology think that their world is real they think that they just kind of like dip down into the earth as we know it and but they're for from their from in their minds their real world is at this other place that they've created called Pleiades but they're parallel worlds because the, the 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 distance between them is so fragile. It's it's like a thought. It's like the difference between one thought. So it's it's a very unstable structure, right? So which is why it's really not sustainable for that. They keep having to like essentially steal energy from the old earth to even to sustain the new one. So it's in a sense, you know, to these people who think that they have ascended in some sort of way they feel that it's kind of like they don't they don't think they don't they're not emotionally attached to the former or at least some some are some not it's part part of the point of the movie is that you know they're able to just kind of like extract stuff from the earth and you know have no feelings because they don't consider it to be real because in their minds, what's real has kind of morphed into something else. <laughs> All right, so I said that to say, I think, you know, so I'm wanting to, not wanting, I am creating a whole nother timeline that kind of, that delves into that, that delves into that. Because I feel like it's been so hard for me to explain this space that I'm in. And 
I think by creating like a storyline around it, it creates like a container for it that allows me to tell it more logically. And, you know, I think it, I think, you know, I'll have to find those articles that talk about, you know, people being in a coma and then they wake up and, you know, they had no idea that they were in a coma and their former life when they wake up. So it's almost like, You just kind of wonder, like, what happens if somebody goes into a coma and their coma life is so much better than their quote unquote real life? Would they then begin to like desire to go back to that comatose life, so to speak? Because it was, from their perspective, way, way, way better. I don't know. Just wanting to explore that. Or in, in my case, I'm like, what? I have children, you know, so under any circumstances, I would want to emerge into a life where my children were still real, you know? And then I think I'm like, you know, yeah, like what would that even look like, you know? Or is it a choice? Is it that, well, it's kind of either or, you know, you either stay in this life with your children or you go back to that other life and wake up from your coma wherever you wake up, you know? And I'm like, well, who would, who, what would that choice look like? You know, like what would that, how would that, how would you ever make such a choice? How would you, because it's almost like, however it happened that I have my two children, you know, you kind of, I don't, you're like, well, I don't know if I really care how that happened. I just know I just want to, you know, remain my children's mother and I want them to remain my children, you know? So, Regardless of whether or not anybody else thought that this comatose life wasn't real, I'm like, well, that's the reality I want, you know? But is it fair? Like, but if by being in this realm, you sort of acquired information that could like help a lot of people, do you do you have a sense of moral or ethical obligation? Do you feel a sense of, you know, duty or um, responsibility to essentially go back, right, to your body so that you can convey that information, you know? So that's where I'm at. And I'm thinking, well, the only thing I would be concerned about is, well, I have access to this information while I am here, within this realm. It's like going back, you would want to make sure that, you know, you could retain that information because it would only be worth going back if you could have access to all of the information you have access to now, right? So I'm like, well, how would you do that? Like, if your body is comatose, like, how could you send information to your comatose self from your conscious self who apparently is currently existing in what some people might regard as not real? Or some people would say is like a dream world or an imaginary world or something like that. Like, how would you 
convey that information, you know? And so that's where I'm like, if she, my body is essentially sleeping, how would I be able to go back and make sure that once she was awake and able to communicate, that she could communicate using having access to all of the information I have access to now. How would I do that, right? So I think in that case, hmm, I think about 2010 when I had that, which I can best describe as like a, uptake and download experience. It felt like extraction. I mean, I think that could be one word. I was kind of lifted up into another realm, which at the time I interpreted as something deeply, deeply, deeply um, powerful. And I mean, something really, really, really good at the time. It felt like um, gaining access to around that felt, I mean, I mean, it felt unbelievable. So that, but it definitely felt that in the moment there was an upload, download activity taking place. You know, I'm trying to use, um, as, um, just trying to use as like, I don't know. I'm trying to stick with technology terms because those are the terms that make sense to me. So it felt like an upload download. Like, would I? I mean, that could be an interesting point because at that point, it would be 2010. So that was kind of like before any of this happened, before any of the quote unquote bad stuff happened, you know, and I know for a fact that there was some sort of upload download going on. I was on the phone with my mother too, so that all that also makes that intersection feel really powerful and synchronous. Um, you know, I remember a recent encounter with an acronym related to this experience which I remember vividly, that acronym was a part of the experience. You know, we would be in that house, you know, you know, it's like before the bad things happen. So it's like, I could be in that house with my children, you know, I would have I would be able to so have such a better understanding of how to protect my family and my marriage and myself, you know, and be such a more balanced, like, human being, such a stronger woman and female, you know, just sort of going back to that time with just undo so much damage, you know? So I kind of feel like, even though I kind of started the conversation saying that I would want to go back to a time when my children, because I wouldn't want them to experience 
you know, not being with their mother, I kind of feel like it's just so important to me that the information be able to be um, available. I think that that is the one intersection that I know for a fact was divine. That I know. That I know. And it's like, regardless of what somebody else's intent may have been in that moment, I feel like I know what I felt and I know what my intent was. So I felt like that part of it is impenetrable and indestructible. So I take that confidence with me in feeling like even, even if at its worst, you know, it was intended for what I believe some bad actors intend it for, you know, I kind of feel like that's why in recent days, Star Wars had been on my mind. And I feel like it allowed me to incorporate code that will always allow me to be confident about that type of interaction, you know? It allows me to be so confident and so not afraid ever, you know? And I think without that experience, would I be so confident and unafraid? No. I, don't, I, think, it would, I think it would take going through it to know, to really, really, really know. And so that's what I take with me, that code. I take that code with me. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that experience and that insight. So I think, yeah, that's where I think if, again, fiction, it's like if I had to go back to a time, let's say if I do wake up and I realize, oh, I'm in a coma, I have to go back to my body and wake myself up. I would say that that 2010 incident is where that huge, huge download came for me huge. It, I mean, uh, indescribably otherworldly. I mean, undoubtedly not of this world. Undoubtedly, without question. At the time, it felt like divine intervention. It felt like literally God had put him, his hands on me, him, herself. You know, it felt like, yes, it felt like literally God. And I still believe that. Even though I know that, I even though I know what's being planned by the bad actors, you know, I feel like even knowing what they're planning allows me to approach that possibility with no fear at all, you know, no fear. And like I said, it's because of the recent, you know, situations that open my eyes and allows me to know to know for sure my purpose, and to also pursue it fearlessly, you know, with boldness and strength. All right. Thanks for listening.